You are now tuned in to the journey. You walk with me, I walk with you. Together we face life. Hand in hand, side by side. With Jesus, the mastermind. It takes faith, it takes a step to finish a thousand miles. But together, we're in this, and this is called the journey. Welcome back to The Journey with your host, Karen Sion. We thank God for a new week. Today is June 9th, and it's the 21st episode of The Journey. Like, as soon as we got into the 20s, I'm just like, oh my God, we're, we're getting to the end of season one. And I'm like, I'm excited, but I'm sad at the same time. But we thank God so much for bringing us this far in our journey. Last week, we talked about finding hope in hopeless times. We talked about what is going on in this world right now. We see since last week that things have progressed. We see unity now amongst all the races. However, police brutality has gotten like way worse. I saw a couple of videos that really shattered my heart and it, 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 it was terrible. But all we at The Journey want to say to our listeners is that you guys would stay safe out there and that there are nonviolent ways to incite change in our society. You can call hotlines, you can protest online, you can donate. There's different things you can do instead of protesting. But if you want to protest, it's fine too. We just want you all to be safe. Excuse me. I'm sorry, guys. I'm drinking some really nice juice. <laughs> As we're recording, it's Langer's Mango Nectar. It's like the best juice ever. I thought my house was the only place that we had this juice. And then I came over to our guest house today and she offered me some. And I was like, yes, you are on the mango journey. <laughs> anyway, I would like to thank Leonie and Barbara Hyde. Actually, I just found out you say her name, Leonie. So I would like to thank Leonie Hundode and Barbara Hyde for coming onto the show. It was very impromptu because I was recording alone and then I called them to get some more information. But I thank God that it happened because it was enlightening. I learned so much personally and I found out actually why some things that are said, like, for example, all lives matter in response to Black Lives Matter is inappropriate and offensive. Um I didn't know these things because, like I said in the last show, I'm not well-versed in this, but I thank God for their lives and for teaching me and all of us the right way to go in these perilous times. God bless the two of you, and I thank God so much for your lives, and I ask God for more grace to endure in these times and seasons. On today's episode, we're going to share a very, very interesting salvation story. I'm excited, and I've been wanting to hear this for a very long time, actually. Every month on the journey, we want to share at least one salvation story. We call it Found by God, or How God Found Me, and we do this so that we can hear the testimony of God's grace, His love, His mercy, and His faithfulness. The point of the journey is to find faith through God's faithfulness. So I am excited. Stay tuned. 
If you've been tuning into the show, welcome back. And we thank you for sticking with us all the way through 21 episodes. God bless you. But if you're a first time listener and this is the first episode that you're hearing of The Journey, welcome to The Journey Podcast. And let me tell you a little bit about the show. So The Journey Podcast is the Christ-based and Bible-based podcast that focuses on anything and everything that has to do with our lives in this generation, such as education, relationships, health, career choices, but most importantly, how all of these things can be better and will be better if and when we have Jesus in the center. New episodes drop weekly on Tuesdays at 3 p.m. You can find the episodes on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and TuneIn Radio. Please and please, again, subscribe. Subscribe, 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 so that you'll be notified when new episodes drop. Get ready for our birthday segment, Birthday Best. So this week we had a couple of birthdays. Happy belated birthday to London Anderson, who just turned seven. And by the time this episode airs, one of my favorites, Deacon Sam Anderson, who is London's uncle, would have celebrated his birthday on June 8th. And he shares a birthday with one of my girls, Mame Ofe. Happy birthday to you guys. And I also want to share that in this week, I officially went from an aunt of eight to now an aunt of nine. So happy birthday to my newest baby. I love you and I love everybody that celebrated their birthdays. God bless you all and we pray for long life, good health and prosperity in Jesus name. Amen. I'm I'm lifting up my glass to you guys. (laughs) Let us know your birthday is in June and when the episode airs the week after your birthday, we're going to shout you out. So for today's salvation story, we have a sister. She was on for the single parenthood episodes, um, the series. She was on for part two back in April. It actually aired on April 21st. I believe it was episode 14. So if you haven't listened to that, go back and listen. She has a very intriguing story. She was raised in um, a Muslim home. She has a Muslim background. And I've always wanted to know how she became a believer. So we're going to get into today's story. So help me welcome my sister, Khadija Tu Mansure, also known as Katie. Hey, Katie. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, hey, hey. What's up? <laughs> how you doing? I'm doing good by his grace. Amen. I'm doing great. How's, yeah. how's quarantine treating you? Um, I'm not going through quarantine. I, I'm still working, so mm-hmm. <laughs> it's kind of like you know, it's just um, it's going good. Mm-hmm. I'm actually, I haven't experienced anything to mm-hmm. be honest. Like you know, it just seemed normal. The only thing that is missing is church, but mm, yeah, you know, yeah. church is still there, but it's not. We don't fellowship. Yeah, like we don't we fellowship like we used to. Yeah. But um, for the most part. I'm loving it. Mm. No issues. And yeah, I, like I know. It. Me too. I'm, I'm, a, I'm becoming a homebody. So yes. it's like, okay. I've always been a homebody. So, yeah, you, you have. Know. Yeah, so. <laughs> so like with, um, I know it must be an adjustment because, you know, Samir used to go to school. Your son, Samir, we know your son. So um, he's to go to school, but now because of quarantine, he's home. So how how have you adjusted to, to that? It's It's kind of good. Because I don't have to get up in the morning. Well, the days that I'm off <laughs> to get him ready to go to school. Because I take him to school every day. Mm. So I guess it, you save money in all type of ways. Okay. Save money on gas. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's a bit kind of annoying too. Because being in the house with your kid is like 24 hours. I, I, was, re- I was reading something on social yeah. media. They were like, 
all those parents who used to berate teachers, now look at them. Yeah, I get I, look I, at I get, them. Yeah, the teachers, you gotta give the teachers credit. Oh yeah, they they're doing great. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I only have one. Can you imagine those that oh, have two, have like, three? Yeah, or yeah. four and all that. That's true. Yeah, but he's he's a good kid. Yeah. You know, he does yeah. his work and stuff like that. But that's good. He's a smart boy too. Yeah. So and mm. now I have more opportunity to work because he mm. stays with his dad. So oh, okay. So okay. actually, you know, everything works out, you know. What that the enemy meant for evil, God would turn it into good. So he everything. At the- <laughs> yeah. So okay. Everything, yeah. So before we begin, uh-huh. I'm surprising you with this. We're going to play a game. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> now you got me all nervous. Oh, no, don't worry. Don't worry. It's one game, but it's it's interesting. So it's called... No, She has her heart, her hand on her heart, guys. Like- <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Sweat it out. No, it's okay. You're good. So it's called Do You Know Your Word? So it's like a, a mini Bible quiz. Girl, bye. You're going to be fine. <laughs> hey. Hey. Okay, 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 okay. You got this. You got this. So it's just five questions. Okay, you want to embarrass me? No, it's okay. not. You know, we got our mango juice and we're, 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 we're doing... Guys, she's like giving me the death stare right now. <laughs> okay. Okay, so five questions, all right? Okay. You ready? <sighs> Take a deep breath in, breath out. <laughs> you okay? Maybe I should ask. She's not looking at my face. <laughs> okay, ready? Yes. Okay. Very easy questions. Uh, Number one. Uh-huh. What did Simon Peter do for a living before he became an apostle? <laughs> Hold on. He says... So, yes. <laughs> Hold on, you know sometimes you ask the questions and then like it's like you cut you off guard. You have it in your head. <laughs> but, but, but hold on, um, si- hold on, Simon Peter. He was a fisherman. Yes, he was a fisherman. Come I'm on, so done. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay. What's the next question? That is funny, but you got it right. You know, job. I kept thinking about Paul when you oh. said Simon, because you know. That's why I had Saul. Yeah, so okay. I was trying to like, you know. Yeah. All right, no problem. Okay. Number two. In the gospel according to John, which of the apostles doubts Jesus' resurrection until he sees Jesus with his own eyes? Neil, Katie, your face. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> your oh. facial expressions are killing me right um, now. Hold on. Don't ask me. I'm asking <laughs> you. <laughs> I well, it was, it was. I'm gonna read it again. Okay. And then think. Oh my goodness. In the gospel according to John, which of the apostles doubts Jesus's resurrection until he sees Jesus with his own eyes? This mango juice is good. Oh my goodness. I'm, I'm Keyword born. doubts. Doubts. Was it Peter? Oh my goodness, I'm lost. Like, I can't even think right now. Oh wow, the next question was gonna say name the 12 disciples of Jesus then. (laughs) (laughs) You got me off guard right now. (laughs) Like, like, seriously. No, Karen, that's how you do people on your show. (laughs) Oh yeah, you know. Uh, It's called the journey. um, (laughs) I believe it was. Come on, you got this, Katie. No. Don't ask me. <laughs> I'm gonna have to say Paul. No, it's wrong. 
is Thomas. Thomas, yeah. Thomas. Doubting Thomas. Don't ask me that 12. Don't ask me. <laughs> <laughs> now I know I'm not going to do it. No yeah, more. please don't do it because I can't even. Okay. Ready? Yeah. <sighs> Who baptized Jesus? John the Baptist. There you go. <laughs> Tell me if I don't get that one right now. Right. Number three, number four. Which gospel is written by a doctor? Um, Luke. Good. Okay, last question. This will make you get four out of five. Then I'll give you an extra bonus question. Last question. You ready? Yes. Okay. Whew. Who was the first person to come upon the injured man in the parable of the Good Samaritan? Um, can you read that again? Okay. Who was the first person to come upon the injured man in the parable of the Good Samaritan? Yo, my head, my head just went like... It just blank. shut. It just you went, know, it's like that. When someone's it asking you questions, it's just like, like uh, yeah, like I can't even like, I can't think right now. Okay, so let's talk about the Good Samaritan parable. So in the parable of the Good Samaritan, the Samaritan was walking on the road. He got beat up by robbers. Three people came to see him. Who was the first one? They were all technically men of God, but there were there was a distinction between the first two. Hold on. <clears throat> I'm lost. <laughs> she's not even helping. I'm giving her signs and everything, but yeah, I'm not looking at your face. Like, <laughs> like, like, um, I mean, I know the story, but I can't think of the name. Okay, so yeah. I'm gonna give you multiple choice. Yeah. Who who was it first? Was it the Good Samaritan, the Levite, or the High Priest? Definitely not the High Priest. Sure. <laughs> it was the good Samaritan. No, who got there first? Oh, who? Yeah. Oh, the, you said the high priest and the the high priest, Levite, good Samaritan, or the teacher. I'm giving you four. You have to pick one. This juice is so good. <laughs> I'm sitting here watching you sweat while I'm drinking mango juice. Yeah, it was the high priest. Yes. Yeah, because <laughs> so it was the high priest first. Yeah. And the second one was the Levite and then the Good Samaritan. I did say it, it was definitely not the high priest, but it was the high priest. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Sorry. Good job. All right. Let's get into today because if I can. No more, please. No I can, I can I can do more. more. Let's, let's, we could do a whole show just to do this. This is so fun. No, this is not fun. You're wasting time. Come on. Hurry up. <laughs> hurry up. <laughs> Okay, so we're getting into today's episode, okay? Uh-huh. So, Katie, I've known you for, I think I met you in 20, maybe 14 or 15. I remember visiting Jersey and then I it met was you. It was 2015. 2015. Yeah, so that's what, five years now? Mm-hmm. I've known you for five years now. But I don't really know you that well. You know, we talk, by the way, guys, Katie does hair. She does my hair. You know, it's like her her side little side gig, little side, side gig. gig. You yeah, know, she does she does my hair sometimes. So you know, when I come over to do my hair, we talk. But um, I don't really know you that well. But one thing that always I've always maybe heard you and your stories, like the things that your testimonies that you share at church. I feel like I've gotten to know you a little bit through that. Mm-hmm. But before we 
before the question I was about to ask, I want you to kind of introduce yourself and let those who ha- maybe are now first listening to the episode, mm-hmm. maybe they don't know you that well. So um, just introduce yourself and let us know like your hobbies, what you like to do, maybe throw in your favorite Bible verse. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, one of my favorite Bible ber- verse is um, Romans eight twenty eight, mm. where it says, "All things work together for the good for mm-hmm. they that love the Lord according Amen. to His purpose." Mm-hmm. And that's like actually one of my favorite Bible verse. And um, I also have another favorite Hebrews thirteen um, verse. I believe it's verse five where it talks about, um, "Don't worry about money, for I, the Lord, I'll never leave you, I'll never forsake you." Amen. Yeah, so um, that's another favorite Bible verse. But my name is Kadijatu. Um, um, I was born and raised in Sierra Leone. You know, I just, I'm, I'm a very laid back person. I like, um, I like staying, I'm, I'm a homebody. Mm. Yeah. I'm Even when, yeah, I'm a homebody. Like I can go on <laughs> vacation and just keep thinking about home. The, what? Yeah. Like that's how bad it is. Like oh, if no. I go somewhere, that's too much. like if I travel or go somewhere, I just keep thinking. It's like, I want to come back. So what's like, the, point of, the point of vacation is I know. to leave home? It's, it, I know. Once I go, maybe if I'm there like one or two days, it's like I keep missing home. Wow. Like I just, I like staying in the house. Like I love it. That's nice. Yeah, that's like one of my favorite, <laughs> favorite, like <laughs> I like staying in the house. You know, I like to rest my body a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not really too much. I don't do too much. Right, right. Yeah. Oh, okay. Really so, much, yeah. so this kind of lets me get into... Uh, what we're going to talk about today. So tell me a little bit about your, bra- your background. You were born and raised in Sierra, Sierra, is Sierra Leone. Sierra yeah. Leone. Yeah. So tell me about your childhood when you were you're growing up. Uh, when I was growing up, I was um I was living in Sierra Leone, like I said. I was living with my aunts. Well, at the age of, I believe, six, seven, eight, around that age, mm-hmm. I went to go stay with my aunts because my mom came to America. Okay. So I was living with my aunts and um, just, you know, I grew up there, and um, around that time, the war started. There like was a not, war? Yeah, there was a war, like, not too long after that. Mm. So I was, like, back and forth. Like, I was living in Guinea for, like, two, three years, like, you know, because of the war. Mm-hmm. And um, went back to Sierra Leone. Mm-hmm. And then for, like, a month, another war broke out oh my in gosh. 2009. That one was worse. And then I went back to... To Guinea, and then I came to Gambia, and then I came to America at the age of twelve. Oh wow! So from like I believe from the age of eight, two thousand nine. Yeah, I, I believe from the age of seven, eight, mm-hmm. I wasn't really like steady. Like I was, I was in a different country until I turned twelve when I came to America. Wait, you said two thousand nine? No, that was um. I'm sorry, not two thousand nine, ninety nine. Oh oh. Yeah, I'm sorry. Oh yeah. wow. 99. <laughs> yeah. It was 99. I was we had say, we really? had one in 97 and then we had one in 99. Oh, okay. So I'm from like 97 to like um 2000. Mm. I just find myself in America. Oh wow. In September, so I was at the age of 12. And so. and how was the transition leaving um I can't say the word. Sierra Leone. Sierra Leone. Yeah, you got it. It's it's I yeah. said it well. Yeah. Okay. Leaving your your just say Freetown. Freetown. Yeah. Thank you. Easy. Leaving Freetown huh? and coming to America, what was the was there a significant change for you? Oh yeah, it was huge because um one of the hardest things for me was, you know, when I came, 
remember that back home, I wasn't going to school. I didn't go to mm-hmm. school for like three, four years. Mm-hmm. So I was around maybe like around eight, not like around eight when I stopped going to school, mm-hmm. around that age. So I had struggled. I couldn't read or write at that time. Like, oh, wow. you know, it was a struggle. So mm-hmm. just imagine just being in a household there, you're not doing anything, like your brain is not moving. And then I came to America at the age of 12. Mm. So that's like middle school. Yeah, they put me in seventh grade. Mm. I struggled. I couldn't read. I couldn't write. Like it was it was a struggle. Oh my gosh. It was such a struggle to the point where that thing really kills me. Mm. It kills me like, <laughs> man. <laughs> Like, I literally almost killed myself, like, three times. Oh this is gosh. something I was dealing with personally. Right, right, like, this right. is something that nobody knows. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll be in class, and then the teacher will say, oh, you know, in school, you got to read out loud. Mm-hmm. Cause, which is something I never experienced when I was back home. Mm-hmm. Back home, I, I left back home, I think maybe I was in first or second grade. Wow. So just imagine with that. And back home, it's not like here in America where it's like, with the kids start reading early. Like, everything mm-hmm. is just so mm-hmm. quick. But, like, back home, like, the school system is different, mm-hmm. you know, and I was already struggling, so... Mm-hmm. <laughs> So coming here, it was it was a struggle to the point where it's like I str- like I get so nervous. I hate school. Like I hated school so right, much. Right. I mean, it was it was hard. Mm. It was really really hard. But I thank God now because you know it was it was hard. It was something that I dealt with. Even though I know how to read, you know, I got to a point when I know. But it's like it, it's still it's like a mm-hmm. it's like a deja vu. Like just keep. Mm. I remember those voice, you're you're illiterate, like, you know, you're special, you don't, like, you know, those words, they kind of creep you down a little bit, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. if no one really understands your story, they'll never, you know, so, but it was a struggle, but I pulled it through. Amen. Thank God, yeah. So your name, right? Mm -hmm. I know growing up hearing Khadija too, I always always associated it with a Muslim background. Yeah. So you came from a Muslim. Yes, I did. So your parents are Muslim or? Yeah, my parents, well, my dad, my dad, my dad is a, my dad was a believer. At the time when you were born? At the time when I was born, he was already a believer. Mm-hmm. He wasn't like a, like a born again, but he, he was, was he was more like the rebellious, okay. like, you know, Muslim. cause you know, Muslim with them, it's like more about tradition, your mm-hmm. background, like, okay, your parents, you know, but my dad was like the, the rebellious, mm-hmm. you know, like he would still go to church. I grew up in a Muslim. Like, my mom is Muslim. Everybody around me is Muslim. Mm-hmm. Everybody. I even consider my dad being a Muslim because even when I was born, it was like, if he was a real, real believer, I don't think he would have given me that name. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But he was, it was like in a transition, transition, trans- transition. <laughs> it was in a Yo, transition. I said, I'm going to stop. <laughs> yeah. I said, I'm going to stop. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so basically, he, um, <laughs> He became a believer, like maybe later, later on in life, like an okay. actual, like born again. Right. Yeah. So when you were growing up, that means you were going to the mosque. Oh yeah. You were. I was going to Arabic school when I was young. They used to the teacher actually used to come to the house and beat us. Like the teacher. The leaves teacher used to come to the house. They used to, to come. Beat to, yeah, I remember like for what? That we don't go to Arabic school because they're very oh. strict. Muslims are very very strict. Like. Um, if you go into Arabic school, cause you know, back home is like in a neighborhood, mm-hmm. like all the kids, they had to go to Arabic school. Mm-hmm. They'll come to your house. If you don't show up, they'll knock on your door. I remember we used to lock ourselves in a room mm-hmm. so they won't come in. Like I still remember, even though I was young, mm-hmm. like my sister, she was like, they were much older. So they, and then, um, when my mom, so this is a story. So I had a, my, my younger brother's a spinal defeater. He's, he's, he's handicapped. Oh, the, yeah. the condition? Okay. Yeah, he's a spinal defeater. So when he was born, um, my mom, 
like it was it was pretty bad because he couldn't walk, he couldn't talk. All everything that he eats goes up in his head. It's like a fluid. Oh my god. Yeah. So the doctor said that he wasn't gonna leave. Mm. You know, thankfully he's still alive. Amen. Yeah. Amen. You know, the doctor said that he wasn't gonna leave. But um, so my dad, my dad used to go to church. Mm -hmm. So like we all used to go to church. Even at that age, mm -hmm. I was young. And I remember there was this church that we used to go to, me and my mom and my uh, my sister and them. Like it was like we'll go like every Sunday, some not every Sunday, but sometimes we'll go to church and we go to the monks. <laughs> so I used to call myself Christmas. Christmas? Oh, Christian and Muslim. Yeah, Christmas. <laughs> that was that was my title for mm -hmm. a long time mm -hmm. until I really got saved. Mm. And that's what I used to call myself. And then um, I remember when we used to go to church, like um, my mom would go, they would pray for my brother and stuff. Like It was like a big church, Jesus is Lord Ministry. Mm. That's the name of the church. And then when my mom finally came to America, like my when my brother was, I think, a month or two old, she came to America. I was living with my aunts. So that's when it really got serious. That's when I got serious with the Muslim mm. stuff. And um, my uncle, my late uncle, my dad, my 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 aunt's um, husband, he was like a like very very strict Muslim. Mm. It's a strict Muslim home that we were living in. Okay, we had to get up every morning at seven to pray because mm -hmm. they had to do five daily prayer. Mm -hmm. So. We don't do like the in-between ones because, you know, you're at school, you're mm -hmm. not around. Mm -hmm. But at seven in the morning and seven at night, everybody in the house has to pray. Wow. Everybody. Mm -hmm. So it was something that was very consistent. And then during Ramadan, so you have to fast. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like they were very, very strict. Very, very strict about it and stuff like that. So um, that was another part too. Yeah. Okay. So can you actually don't know, do you know, do you know, why um, Muslims celebrate Ramadan or like yeah so basically for what I've heard mm -hmm. I, I don't really get too deep deep like that on a religion but for what I heard is that during Ramadan is the time that they feel like um they have to do good mm. the thing with the Muslim like it's like with them everything is like um doing good mm -hmm. it's like like more of like their action mm -hmm. you know like um it's more about like tradition okay. type of thing. So with the Ramadan, basically the time that for them to feel like what the people that don't have food feel like. Mm, yeah. Okay. That That's makes sense. yeah, like it's like for them, it's like what the people that don't have food for it to feel like. Mm -hmm. Not like a believer when, you know, with us, it's like you want the Holy Spirit to fill you in. We mm -hmm. just cannot live by food alone, like Christ right, said. Right. But there is like different. It's like more of like um, okay, we want them to feel the same way, and then also it makes them grateful. It makes them grateful. Okay. Yeah, it makes them grateful. Oh, I like, never, I never, I, I always wanted to know. Yeah. Because it, it is a yearly thing, and then after the, I think the after yeah. was it is it forty days? It's forty days. And then afterwards, it's in Mubarak, right? Yeah. So it makes them feel, you know, and then also. They also like do like a lot of fellowship and like they all come together mm. and eat and stuff like that. Okay, that's yeah. nice. Yeah. That's nice. Okay, so and then what... they share food to one another. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's like nice. they do a lot of like sharing, like you know, and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. So at, at what age did you um get to okay, so you were Christmas. Yeah. Christmas. <laughs> Christmas. Yeah. For a, a while. <laughs> mm -hmm. So at what age did you really get I won't say serious, but what age did you encounter God? I encountered God actually at the age of maybe I was like when I was living in Africa. Mm. So my aunt, my mom, older sister, she had breast cancer. Mm -hmm. And I remember when I was living with them, mm -hmm. this is my uncle who's strict now, who's mm -hmm. a Muslim. Right. I remember when I was living with them, he, he <laughs> um, 
my aunt, she'll get sick and she'll come in the room. Can you please come and pray for me? She'll tell you. She'll to. tell me to come pray for her. And mm-hmm. then I'll just remember touching her breast. Even though I was probably like seven, eight. I remember mm-hmm. I was young. Mm-hmm. I'll touch her breast and I'll be like, in the name of Jesus, in the mm-hmm. name of Jesus. So at that age, I knew, I yes. knew Jesus was mm-hmm. real. Because it's like, even though maybe I wasn't too conscious of it, mm-hmm. but you know, God has his way of doing things. Yes. I would touch her breast mm-hmm. and then I'll be praying for her. She'll be like, oh, I feel better. But I remember at that at the same time too, her husband, he's he passed away now. Her late husband used to come in the room mm-hmm. and she'd be like, um, come on, get out of here with the Jesus, Jesus. Like, mm-hmm. you know, because mostly like a lot of them, they're not too big on, you know, right, on yes, Christ right. like that. So, you know, he would like, you know, I, I can see his face expression. Yeah, his face expression, like he would come in the room and like, get out of here, you know, and then I'll <laughs> just leave. <laughs> but like, I, I feel, I feel it right away that, you know, Jesus mm. was real. Right. Yeah. So in between that time, at then, okay, so around seven or eight, that's when you, you were encountering Jesus. Yes. You knew Jesus. I, I already knew, yeah, because I was going to church before that. You were yeah. Christmas. Christmas, yeah. <laughs> so, um... At, then at what age did you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Um, I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I believe when I was about 20, 21, even though I was still in the world. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, on single parenthood, you were sharing a little yeah. bit about that, was, that you were I, still in church, but you were Yeah, I got, ser- I got serious with the things, with, with, with the things of God. About that age when I was like 20, 21. That's okay. when I really and that's that was the age I was actually preparing to even go wild. To oh, of course. Yeah, you know, that, that was age, the age I was right. preparing. Like I was like, I can't wait till I turn 21. Oh, mm-hmm. it's gonna be a wrap. I don't need no more fake ID and mm-hmm. stuff like that. That was a mindset. God was like, let me pull you now. Yeah. <laughs> but I was still not pulled completely. Right, yet, right, right. Until right, I was right. about 25. Oh wow. Until I was 24, 25. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I want us to talk about. I, I've heard, you know, you, you see the videos. I remember when I was younger, I used to see videos trending of how, let's say, the mil- Middle Eastern Muslims mm-hmm. would persecute Christians. Uh-huh. So I know it's kind of, a, it's, it's it's interesting to convert from Islam to Christianity. Uh-huh. So when you officially decided to give your life to Christ, did you receive any kind of reproach from your family? Oh, no, no. My family was, my mom, she goes to church. She accept, you know, she goes to church. She go to the monks, like, you know. She's a Christmas. Yeah, like kind of like that. But she <laughs> goes to like church. I mean, she prays like with, you know, Christ and everything. Oh, and then okay. my sister, I think she's Muslim. I don't really know where she belongs that you much. Think <laughs> she's Muslim? Well, she believes in God too. So everybody believes in God. Okay. For the most part, let me put it that way. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't really know people's faith. Only God knows. Yeah, he does. He's the only one that knows what's, what's on the inside. But for the general, you know, but um, but for the most part, you know, mm-hmm. my family they didn't really, I didn't really go through that. Mm-hmm. I got, I went through when I got in a relationship. Oh, yeah, you were yeah, talking about that's that. That's when I really like, I felt more of like the attack, mm-hmm. you know, than um, me making that decision for myself. Because I would hear people like, you know, people will say randomly, oh, you going to church, you're Muslim, like you're, look at your name. Mm-hmm. But it never really got to me. I didn't really go through like, you know, like prosecution or anything like that, but right. like a family and stuff like that. Right. Yeah. I didn't really. So was... I want to ask, how has your life changed since you gave, 
your life to Christ. I remember on part one of Found by God, the first salvation story, I remember Deacon Ray shared very practically that after he gave his life to Christ, his finances changed. Some people experienced peace. Bianca was talking about how she's peaceful now. Susie also shared different aspects of her life and relationships and all that stuff, how having God in their lives changed them. I want to know with you, having God in your life, what, what has changed in your life? When you look at yourself back then, when you weren't a believer till now that you are a believer and you have God in your heart, what is the most significant change or even all the changes that you've you've seen? Yeah, um, it's a lot. Yeah, go ahead. Increase. Amen. Increase in all areas. Um, it's like you, you feel like you're in a place where this, this is very deep. Mm-hmm. You can go through so much because, you know, Christ said we'll have trouble, but he'll deliver us on mm-hmm. them all. Mm-hmm. But is this... Um, peace that he gives that there's no word that can express it. There's no word that can really explain that peace because right. it's so deep that even when you're going through something in the physical, when you're going through losing a parent or losing certain things, mm-hmm. the peace is like still there. It's not, it's not coming out. Mm-hmm. You're going through something, but the peace is there. So the peace is like, that's, that's the one thing that I really experienced. And another thing to increase. Mm. I mean, like your mental increase, mm-hmm. like you know, mental stability, physical st- stability. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not wor- like I don't get offended. Mm-hmm. Like right now, like if if someone does something, it's like I don't sit on it. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And then also increase in my finance. Mm-hmm. You know, increase in in all areas. Amen. Like you know, just it's so much increase. Mm-hmm. Like the thing about Christ, when you follow Christ and when you believe in Him, it's like. This it doesn't decrease, it increases you. Mm. Even though there's troubles, there's trials, there's tribulation, there's all these different, different things. But in the midst of everything, you're still seeing increase in your life. Yes. You know, because he doesn't yeah. like if you're sick, if you're going through something, he doesn't just move it around, mm-hmm. around mm-hmm. your body. He eliminates that thing, he takes it away. Mm. And that's one of the most amazing things about um about about about. Me just giving my life to Christ, just right. this experience, mm-hmm. you know, it's 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 very, very deep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very, very deep. Amen. Amen. Wow. Yeah. So pretty much this is like the salvation stories are usually very straight to the point. Yeah. We, we like to see where you were then, mm-hmm. the process of how God found you yeah. and then where you are now. Yeah. That's pretty much all we like to see with the stories but i want before we we wrap up i want you to talk a little bit about your relationship with your dad i know you talk about your dad a lot yeah you know i've always i hear you like i don't think i've ever seen you and then your dad hasn't passed through the sentence and i love that yeah you know i love that so much and seeing that your father was a believer Uh uh-huh and in that this is like my word of the day christmas yeah Yeah. (laughs) that christmas season yeah Seem as your father pretty much was the one that introduced you guys to Christ. Yeah. How has he shaped you? Let me see. How has your relationship with your father shaped you as a person now? Yeah, it shapes me a lot because one of the things about my dad was, you know, growing up, I didn't grow up with my dad. Mm -hmm. I was going, I would go to his house, but I didn't really like physically live with him. Okay. You know, I'll stand the night, I'll go there for like, you know. But I remember when I came to this country, I went through a very rough life. Mm. You know, I was on the street, like, you know, doing stuff, smoking, mm-hmm. drinking, mm-hmm. having sex, mm. um, you know, at one point even selling weed, you know, wow. like, yeah. yeah. You got to talk about that. 
Yeah, I was um I was selling <laughs> weed because I used to go to the dope house, you know, like most of my friends. Cause I was like a tomboy type of girl. Mm. I'll always be around the guys. Mm. And then like most of my friends who are all guys, they all got like most of them got records, you know, some are deported back home oh, wow. right now, and some are dead. And one of my friends that passed away four years ago, we actually used to all hang out. Like they used to use my car, my man's that my first car to go pick up the weed. Yeah, that's where they used they used to use my car to go get the stuff, you know. <laughs> yeah. And then um my father prayer was amazing mm. because my father prayed for me for 10 years for me to be saved. Wow. So it, wait, around this time that you were smoking, drinking, sleeping around and and not sleeping selling. around. Like oh, I wasn't that type of yeah. But uh, you know, like around, having but... sex, but like yeah, that was never really Okay. Yeah, you, my you, thing like that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like I like saying sleeping around yeah. and having sex because yeah. it's like I, mean, I had a boyfriend, like I, you know, but you were sleeping like, with your boyfriend. Yeah, I wasn't like you know out there like going around. Oh, okay, that that makes yeah, sense. That's not... All right, so let, let me. <laughs> I like to try to be filtered, but it's the journey. So <laughs> yeah, let yeah, me be okay. real. It's okay. So when you were smoking, drinking, having sex, uh-huh. and selling weed and all these things, how old were you on this time? I started. I started um, drinking at the age of fifteen, I believe. Wow. And I started smoking at the age of sixteen. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so in conjunction with what you were saying earlier you were you you knew god at let's say age six seven yeah you you got saved at 21 yeah but so in this process you knew god but you were still yeah i, I wasn't i wasn't into the things of god like that okay in this process i and was the, like you felt i was no still conv- going to church i'm not no conviction conviction no conviction whatsoever no, at that time, I didn't really feel it too much, mm-hmm. especially in my teenage year. Right. I wasn't right. feeling it too much. Okay. Like, I didn't really... It was more like fear. Like, okay, what if I get cut? Like, what if, you know... But it got to a point when I got used to it, you know, like, mm-hmm. to the point where I feel like the street was just my best friend mm-hmm. at that time. Like, um, I'll be in the house, but, like, my mind is still out there. Mm-hmm. You know, it was, it was kind of like that. And I couldn't wait to go to school. Mm. Because that was that was a place where we we do the stuff that we did. Isn't it interesting that after God turned your life around, now you don't like going outside. You like being home. That's funny. That's so <laughs> funny because I can't like I can't like I was I was always in a house mm. because I had a brother. Like my brother, I had to babysit him. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. my mom, she used to travel a lot. Mm-hmm. She would go to Africa for like seven weeks. Uh-huh. So I like I have all the access in the house. Like you know. Like sometimes my friends will come over, you know, mm. um, you know, I was just, I was just a free person. Mm-hmm. Like I basically like, I did what I wanted to do. Right. Like I was never, but my dad on the other side was very, very strict. So like my dad would talk to me, but he would always pray for me. Mm. One of his prayer was that, you know, <laughs> was that if I'm going to be useless, that the Lord should take my life. Mm. Whoa. Yes. He says, if I'm going to be useless, that the Lord should take my life. Before I become useless, let the Lord take my life. Mm. That was one of his prayers because my father would pray for me so much, so bad that he would yell at me and then he would pray for me on top of like his prayer would, his, his, yeah, his anger would turn into prayer. Wow. So he would be like, you're not going to like, it was just so powerful, but it was very annoying at the at same the time. time. At right, the time it was right. very, very annoying. Not until like later on when I actually got saved. That's when I realized. That's when I started to value him because I was I was running away from him. Mm. It's like the enemy is so wise, right? That he's not pe- wise. He's no, tricky. no, it thinks it's yes, tricky. Yeah. So the ones that's supposed to help you, 
he tries to pull you he away he pulls from you them. away from that person Definitely. but the ones that that's like dragging you along the path that's the person that he pulled you close, close to. to so i was i had so much hatred for my dad mm, like wow. even at one point i was like i wish he was just like he would just die like you know mm. like i used to have so much hatred for him mm-hmm. because it was so annoying because I would hear people are saying all kind of negative stuff. Or oh, your father is this. He's so strict. Who does he think he is? You know, like you hear a whole bunch of stuff. So it's like it builds in. Yeah. Also, yeah. like later on, that's when I was like, oh, my goodness. This man is like, this is God. This is who God put in my life to help mm. me. Ten years later, his prayer manifested. Amen. The day that I knew that my father, the day I, st- the day I took my father serious mm-hmm. was the day that there was a place we used to go to in North Brunswick mm-hmm. at the manor. That's where we used to pack the weed, the coke, everything. Mm. There were guns in there. There was everything. Hey, wait. It wasn't just weed. It was coke, too? Every, yeah, everything. We're dealing with everything. And this wow. was like this was like the dope house. And I remember, like, I'm not going to say no names or anything course, like that. Not, but right. I remember we used to go over there and chill. I remember mm. one day my dad called me. He said, Katie, I had a revelation. Mm. He said, if you go to their house, they're going to go raid the house. This man lives all the way in Canada. Mm. He was like, and I was like, ah, this guy, everyday revelation, revelation. Like, <laughs> it was so annoying. Like, you know, like, that's why I, I, I have compassion for unbelievers. Right. Because if you don't know, you don't know. You don't know, you don't so, know. So like, my dad used to say, that day, Karen, I'm telling you, that was the first time I ever had some kind of fear inside of me. Because mm. there were times that, the cops who pulled us over, I've, I've been pulled over three times. Every time I'm in a car, one time there was gun in a car. The other time there was coke in a car. My friend put it inside my sunroof. Hey. It was just a little bag. He was dropping it off at somebody's, the white stuff. Yeah, the mm-hmm. coke itself. He put it inside my sunroof. The cops pulled us over. They let us go. The other time we were like on 27, they were gone in a car. They let us go. The other time my friends and them, they just picked me up. We were going to New York to a party. That just showing you how ignorant I was. I was living mm-hmm. with my sister. As soon as he opened the alcohol bottle, he finished rolling the weed while driving to New York. Two undercover cops pulled us over. They took me out of the car. They say, even though you're a female, we are going down. So they were like, they were, there were three dudes and one female in the car. I was in the front seat and two other guys were in the back and the other guy was driving. Mm-hmm. And we came out of the car and there was like, and the other guy that was sitting outside, like, you know, they put us like a criminal outside. Mm-hmm. It was, it was kind of scary. I was so nervous. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden it was like, oh, they're the wrong people. Let them go. But that time I was so ignorant. I was like, oh guys, let's go to New York. My friend, I was driving, yo guys, isn't this a sign that we should go home? I'm like, man, mm-hmm. get out of here, man. Let's go to New York and have fun. And when we went to New York, the party we went to, they were shooting at the party. Oh my God. So just, so just imagine. Oh how, ign- how, how ignorant I was at that time. So I had like different, different set of friends. Mm. I was never like the type that just have this, like I was cool with everybody. Like mm. I'm like, yo, like what a party at. Like I was like, I had set of different, different friends. Mm. Like I was just all over the place. This was a different set of group. These mm. are not the guys that sell weed. Right, right. That does like, you know, but back to the story. So my father told me about the revelation that they were going to raid the dope house. Yes, and I got scared. Mm-hmm. I so you called, didn't go? No, I called my boy up. I was like, meet me downstairs. Mm. He came downstairs and I explained to him. I was like, listen, I can't be coming here like this. Mm-hmm. You know, my my dad um, my dad told me that he had a revelation about me, you know, going, getting into trouble and stuff like that. This place is going to be raided. You know, he's a Christian. I explained to him. He was like, you know what I'm saying? That's your pop. You know what I'm saying? You got to listen to him. I still remember those words. Mm. I still remember him snapping his hand like this. Mm. He came in the car. I was sitting there. He was like, yo, man, that's your pops, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? You gotta listen to him. Mm-hmm. And something it did something to me. Karen, you're not gonna believe it. In less than two weeks, I believe it was a week 
if I'm not exaggerating, if I'm not mistaken, they raided that house. About 12 people got locked up. Jesus. Yes. At that time, I used to work at Walmart. About 12. Mm. Someone came to my job. They said, oh, I, they said you was in the house, so you got locked up. I was like, no, I wasn't there. Wow. And this is a place I go to on my lunch break. Oh, wow. I will literally leave my job and go get high and go back to work. Hey. Because my eyes already feel sleepy. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, I always, like, I used to always get high, like, you know. And, <laughs> and, and I remember, like, you know, man, God is so amazing. He is. Like, wow. he took me out of that situation. Mind you, that time I wasn't a citizen yet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I, only, I was only a green card holder, mm-hmm. you know. All my friends that were there, I wasn't there. And then that's when I was, I was like, ah, this man's prayer, something is not right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Something is, I mean, meaning that something is right. Mm-hmm. I'm, <laughs> man, God is so amazing. Jesus, who the way he delivered me mm-hmm. from so many different situations mm-hmm. whereby I'll be with my friends, I'll be with people. And then when I'm not with them, I hear they got locked up. But when I'm not, but when I'm with, and I know that it was his protection. It, yes. God was protecting me. I didn't even notice he was protecting he, mm. he was protecting me so much. So, so, so much. Wow. <laughs> he, was prote- he was protecting me to the point where I would get drunk and I'll be so drunk and I'll have those in the car. I didn't get raped. Hmm. Like I'll be so wasted. I remember one time I was so wasted. I came in the house. I will never forget this day. My mom, I think my mom was in Africa. My sister came and was like, hey, kitty, we all pray that your father is praying for you. No progress. Oh. Yes. I remember my sister told me, I said, hey, because my life was just so useless. Jesus. That's the word I would use. Because mm-hmm. back here, yeah, my life, man, my mouth was filthy. Every word that I say is F you, F you, this, that, whatever. It was amazing. Wow. That's that's the power of God, man. Like <laughs> just just seeing a turnaround. Like, and it, it, that's the thing. I think that's the message we want to get across with mm-hmm. the salvation story. Is that it's not like just oh, I'm giving my life to Christ, and that's it. He changes if you let him. If you relinquish everything to God, he let he changes everything. Like your speech, your mannerisms, your friends, your location, your your state. I didn't have no manners. Wow. I was rude. I was disrespectful. I don't care who you are. I'll curse you out. I'll tell you something. I was like, if you mess with me, I'll make a phone call. You probably get beat up. Hey. Like, I wasn't afraid. Like, I didn't fear nobody. I didn't fear my teachers. Mm. Like, I had no, like, I was, I, I will say, like, I was so rebellious. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. the direction I was going, it was so bad. Right. And it's like, I was like a tomboy at the same time. There were rumors going around that I'm gay. Like, people were saying, oh... That girl, she's gay, like you know that type of thing. Wow. Man, it was they they put all type of mm. <laughs> there was all type of stigma mm-hmm. about me. Like mm-hmm. everything was just so for me, huh, for me to be in that situation mm. and to where I am right now. Sometimes I don't know what to say to God, mm. and that's why like people don't. That's the reason why no one understand why I love God so much. Because you know where he brought you from. Yes. It's not about it's not about what other people is doing. Mm-hmm. Or it's not about I'm trying to impress somebody. Mm-hmm. No. It's because God loves me so much. Like I'm literally in his in the palm of his hand. Mm-hmm. Where it's like he's holding me like a head that he don't want me to drop. That's mm-hmm. how much he loves me. There's this song in my heart right now. Yes. Talking. I don't know if you know the song. Jometo Bononi. Oh, yes. Yeah. I am who I am because of you. Yes, yes. <laughs> if it had not been for you, 
Tell me where would I be? I was lost and sinking oh. deep in sin. Yes, I was so deep in sin. But you reached out your hand he, he, and, and rescued me. Rescued me. Oh. No one else can do Jesus. the things you do. Oh, there's no one else but you. Jesus, wow. nobody. Wow. <laughs> yes. Wow. You don't. You have like, man. I love God so much. Mm. Like, there's really nothing in this world that I desire more to make mm. it to heaven. Yes. Yeah. Like, if I had to skip everything, mm-hmm. because I know that the place He has for me, the things He has for me, eyes have not seen. Yes. Ears have you not know? heard. So Mm-mm-mm. even when He promised me in the book of Hebrews 13, I remember I shared that on on yes on 14. Every promise that He gave me in that book, I'm saying it. Mm. That's why he disciplined me when I'm wrong. He breaks my heart for whatever for whatever breaks his heart about mm. me. He he's like constantly delivering me. He's Amen. constantly dealing with me in my workplace, Amen. which is like the biggest challenge. Mm-hmm. He's constantly reminding me. He's mm-hmm. constantly like rebuking me and just hug me at the same time. Wow. He's the only God that you know, like he would he would discipline you, he would rebuke you, and then come back and pat you on your soldier on yes, your shoulder. Yes, yes. He's a guy that will come back and hold you up and just give you a hug and comfort you at the same time. Mm-hmm. And don't remember that thing that you did no more. Mm-hmm. You know, he's he's full of love, compassion, grace, mercy, grace. like his compassion is yeah. so deep. Yeah, you know, his love is so, so deep, bad. man. Wow. Honestly, like um <laughs> I can't stop talking about him. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I can't. it's amazing. It's I can't so stop amazing. talking about him. And and I just love him. I think I think like I said, that's that's what we want. His salvation is so real. It is. It's you real. Know, it's not it's not just mm-hmm. it's not just saying I'm a Christian. This mm-hmm. is so much deeper than that. It is. There's so many things it's and it. I know that I was actually talking to God today while I was driving and like I was just I was just talking. I was talk. I was pretty much talking about how, for me personally, is like I grew up with God. Yeah, you know, it was all over, all around me. That's like how I Samir was right now. Like Samir, <laughs> yeah. you know. Yeah. So it's like I never got to experience mm-hmm. at the time. Let me say, I never experienced it. I, I, I was like a third person worshiper. That's what I yeah. call it. Yeah. Like based on others, other people's testimonies, mm-hmm. other people's experiences, then I'm like, okay, yeah, he's real. But I never experienced him for myself until I had to surrender. Yes. So I had to acknowledge that, okay, just because my mom and my dad are Christian doesn't mean that I inherited, I'm an inheriting yeah. Christian. No. no, I have to make that decision for myself. Individual thing. Indi- it's an individual yes. thing. Yeah. So when I finally made that decision for myself, I'm still, even now, up to now, and I was telling God that I was like, even now there's certain things that I'm like, oh, God, I'm not, I'm not sleeping around. Mm-hmm. I'm not clubbing. I'm not drinking. I'm not smoking. I'm in your church every single day. Mm-hmm. But there's still certain things. It's like, yeah, God, I've given you all of that. But there's certain things that I'm just like, the little oh, foxes, the little foxes yep. that destroy the vineyard. They're still in like there. The gossip, like the gossip, the unforgiveness. unforgiveness. It's Bad, all, but yeah, yes, it's, it's there. It's all there. It's, it's, it's challenging. But then, but then the beautiful thing about it is that when you surrender fully, to God, the way he changes your life, the way he turns you around, it's like you turn around and you're like, wait, that was me? Mm-hmm. Like, what you mean? Like, I don't recognize that version of myself. The, who I, like, it's just, it's, 
let me let me not let me stop talking. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> anyway, we're wrapping up. But if there's somebody listening right now who is grappling with the decision of becoming a believer, or somebody who has is in church wants to experience God for themselves, uh-huh. but doesn't know how to go about it, or even somebody who was in your situation, raised in a Muslim home, and maybe they want to uh, experience Christ, mm-hmm. what advice would you give these people? Anybody who's listening out there that's going through this. Like, my, my advice I'll definitely give them is this. Talk to God the way you know how to talk to him. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's it. Talk to God. Because the thing about God is an individual thing. Yeah, definitely. It's not about you coming together. And, I mean, he he he, he valued that a lot. Mm-hmm. But, you know, um, talk to God the way. And also pray. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because remember now, you can be a believer. Because mm-hmm. I struggle. Mm-hmm. I used to struggle a lot because I believe because of the churches that I was in, mm-hmm. you know, um, it was different from mm-hmm. where I where I am now. Like right. I'm not saying that it wasn't a rare church or anything mm-hmm. like that, but, but it, it was wasn't. Your, it wasn't for you. It wasn't for me. Mm-hmm. It wasn't fun because a lot of times, so when you're in this transition of like you know being a believer, like you know you're pulling away from the world and mm-hmm. stuff like mm-hmm. that. If you find yourself in a church where you don't see no growth. You don't see nothing like you go to church every day. Not, nothing is changing your mm-hmm. life. Your life is still the same. Mm-hmm. Something you you gotta you gotta pray because. But ch- some, what about in the sense that sometimes it's not the church, sometimes it's you because Some, you can be in the right home, but it's not you're you're not. Let, let me tell you. So I'm giving you an example about myself. Mm-hmm. I was in a church, right? Mm-hmm. And I was having sex. When I go to church, I don't feel nothing. But when I'm done, and when I'm done, I feel something. Okay. I feel guilty. You see that? So it wasn't actually in the church. You're right. It's an, it's an individual thing. Mm-hmm. But sometimes when you're in the wrong place, it makes you repeat it the same thing over okay, and over. That, that makes sense. You get what I'm saying? I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. And right. then also you can find yourself in a church where they, that might not be for you. Mm-hmm. But because of you, mm-hmm. God will sustain you. Mm-hmm. He will see you through. Mm-hmm. And at the time, he will bring you to, to the right the place. Right but... You have to be prepared for it, like you said. Mm-hmm. It's a mindset. Yes. Because he knew I was thirsty for him. Mm-hmm. He knew I was hang- hungry for him. Mm-hmm. He knew that I love him. Mm-hmm. God knows that I wanted to please him. Mm-hmm. This is not a show. This is not me worshiping him with my lips. It's really in my heart. It's yeah, living right. in my heart. Yeah. So he knew all those things. Because he knew all those things, he took me out of those situations and mm-hmm. placed me mm-hmm. in a church. Because I, when I came to Christ Pentecostal, he brought me there for a purpose and mm. for a reason. I don't know how long I'm going to be there. I don't know if that's going to be my place forever. I don't know what it is. But he told me, he was like, this is a place. Could you talk about that? How did you How did you end up coming to CPIC? So I started coming to CPIC. Okay. There was something I saw online. Dick and Reagan. He posted mm. something. Mm-hmm. And I was like, ah, this guy now is a, is a, is a, is a pastor. He had the usher thing on. I was oh. like, ah, he has changed. So I remember I hit him up. And then I remember he put a program. He said they were having a program. It was a three-day program. And then at the same time, I was, um, I was, I came to those programs, but at first, cause I was so afraid to like, just go into any church, mm-hmm. you know, I pray about it. Like me and my dad used to always pray. Mm. And then like later on, I came that summer, like, um, I think it was like June, July, they had a program. It was in the summertime. Mm-hmm. I don't remember the exact month, but it was in the summertime. And then the, the following year, the January, everybody, the end of the year, that's when I started coming to Christ Pentecostal because mm. I had a dream. There was a confirmation that I was moving and I kept seeing myself with a Bible in my hand, 
climbing up the stairs because it was like elevation. Like I was leaving my old church and I was going through a lot of attack at the same time in a dream. So I saw myself transjecting, like, you know, I spoke to my father about it. Mm -hmm. And then it was clear when I came to Christ Pentecost, it was clear that the Lord spoke to me, like, even like up to now, like, I place you here for a reason. You're here to learn. Mm. You're here to learn. Just sit down. If you have to go to church every day and sit down, just sit down and pay attention. And that's what it God is so amazing. Mm. He knows them that are his. Yes. So it's it wasn't like it's not, it has nothing to do with what I was doing. Mm-hmm. It's like, like you said, something is something that it's where your heart is. The Bible says where your heart is, that's where your treasure is. Yeah. Wherever your heart is, that's what he's going to give to you. Mm -hmm. You can go to church and ask for marriage and ask for children and stuff. like. If that's all you desire, he'll give it to you. He will give it to you just like that. And once you get it, it, that's it. But if you desire him Mm -hmm. and then you also desire those things, the more you desire him, at the end, those things are going to follow apart. Because Mm -hmm. the Bible says, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and everything everything else will be added added onto you. Mm -hmm. So with me seeking him, Mm -hmm. every day I thank God, I say, thank you, Jesus, that I wasn't married yet. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Because when, when that day comes huh, it'll be amazing Amen. you know the child is already amazing Amen. everything is already amazing Amen. my finances are you know it's god it's Amen. god now it's not me Amen. you know it's it's not me it's not, there's nothing i can boast about karen mm. there's absolutely nothing absolutely there's nothing that i have right now that i can boast about everything that i have i'm not even qualified for it mm. the days that i open the door and i come in my apartment i say wow this is all me i lay in my bed i look around the room i say whoa is this me mm. you know mm-hmm. So it's 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 him. When he's ready, he will he will take you through Amen. those steps. It's Amen. your heart. What what what? Where's your heart? That's what where's he will do. Heart? And if your heart is involved with his heart, if your heart is 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 right underneath, close to him, what he does is that he will make sure he is situate that part for you first before everything else comes in. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But if your heart is also with the world. Those are the things that you'll be chasing. That's why I mean a lot of things don't desire me too much. But mm. when it comes to the things of God. He desired me a lot. So mm-hmm. it's hard for me to relate to certain people. Mm-hmm. Even, mm-hmm. even people that are believers, it's hard for me sometimes because it's always about him. Mm-hmm. You know, like I I, I just really, <laughs> I can't stop talking about him. <laughs> this this was a bad thing that you just did for <laughs> us though. <laughs> so, <laughs> because <laughs> I know you want to wrap up, but <laughs> if you want to wrap up, you just got to cut it off. Like, okay, that's it. I got you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So that's it. <laughs> that's it. Like, okay, okay, that's it. Because... <laughs> It's just, it's just, oh my God. Thank God. Yeah. Thank God. Yeah. So we're wrapping up since you you gave us the advice and and you're so right. Like God is just, he's just, he's just amazing, you know? And, and today I was sharing with one of our brothers, shout out to you, Barry. I was sharing with him about how I got my new job and I was like, I was telling him about how I've I've never been great with finances. Never. Mm. Like, ever, 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 ever. And every time, you know, I come here, you're always like, Carrie, you got to save. Carrie, you got to save. And I'm like, (laughs) I'm trying, Katie. But, you know, but I never was, I I wasn't able to. Yeah. And I remember when, uh, um, I think it was, so this is, I'm about to share my testimony. I I think it was November of last year. So I was working at Amazon, uh-huh. and I remember I was doing Thursday through Sunday, yeah. Thursday through Saturday, twelve hours, yeah. and at overnight. So I remember they were doing because of peak season, they were making us do mandatory overtime, 
And I remember telling them I have a final tomorrow. At that time, I was finishing my semester. It's like I have a no. It was, it was December. Then it was November. I was like, I I'm, I have a final tomorrow. Can I please be excused for? I didn't have enough hours to cover me. Yeah. So I was like, can I be excused? So I went to HR. All of them. They said no. There's no way because it's not like it's a class time or it's not like they're scheduling me on the time that I have class. But it would just affect me the next morning. So they're not gonna excuse me. Okay. And I was like, oh, come on. So, like, the whole time I was even working, when I was working, I, I couldn't, I was trying to study mm-hmm. for the exam. So, I, but so like, my productivity was low. And then because it's mandatory overtime, they take you to a different, like, it's the, the other shift. The other shift doesn't like, because our shift was called the reduced time shift. Yeah. Because we work 12 hours. 12 hours, yeah. 36 and, hours. Right. And yeah. they work 40 hours. So, yeah. the regular shift, they didn't like our shift. So when we come to their 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 mm-hmm. shift, they give us like the bad areas, mm. give us big boxes. Wow. We are not able to hit productivity. Yeah. Unfortunately for me, I in my regular shift, I was in I was in an indirect role. Mm-hmm. So in that case, I don't hit productivity because I'm always helping everybody. Everybody, hit productivity. Yeah. I was a problem solver. Yeah. So okay. I would be, you know, so then that day, unfortunately, was the last day for productivity. My mandatory overtime day was the last day for productivity. So the whole weekend that I didn't do anything for productivity, mm-hmm. then that day came, I was below, below, I was in the the, 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 lower, the lower percentage. Yeah. I didn't think much about it. And then, fortunately, the next day when I was going for, for class, I overslept because I got off work at 6.30. Got off work at 6.30 and then class started at my test was at nine. So I was like, let me sleep for like an hour oh, wow. and get, to, I missed the whole exam. I ran, I, I drew, I sped. I, <laughs> from my house to Middlesex is maybe like 20 minutes, not even uh, maybe 15, 15 minutes. Yeah. I got there in seven minutes. Wow. <laughs> I was speeding. Oh, okay. and even when I got there, the, the teacher was gone. The class was over. Then oh, they took the final. Wow. And I remember I burst into tears and I was so angry mm. and I was like oh my god like what is going on what is going on like I was like what kind of job is like I was angry at the, the school I was angry because I, I, like, I knew that I, I didn't study well but I yeah. knew that maybe I would get a good grade mm. but it was like wow so I couldn't I was so angry at the job because it was like man you guys don't have any kind of compassion that she has finals the next morning and mm. she's gonna get so I was so upset and then I remember I was in the car. I remember I called because Ashley, Ashley is my um, advisor yeah, when it comes mentor, to like, yeah. my mentor when yeah. I talk. So I called her and I was in t- I, was, I was just crying. She was like, "Calm down, it's okay. Just email the teacher. Maybe yeah. he'll, she'll let you take the test." Like, I was just crying. I remember calling my mom. I called my mom and I called Ashley. I was like, "I'm, I'm tired. I'm tired. Like, I'm, just, <laughs> I'm just crying. I was just crying." And then I sat there. I sat in the car for about maybe an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. So. I, I did pray about it and I was like, God, I'm I'm tired. Like I was just like, I'm just tired. Mm-hmm. And I got up and I went to the library. I go to the library and Rosemont is sitting there. And I'm like, what is Rosemont doing at my <laughs> library? <laughs> so I sit there. Oh, for guys who don't know Rosemont, Rosemont is one of our, our sisters at church. So Rosemont is sitting there and then I was telling her what happened that, oh, I missed my final. And she was like, oh, I'm sorry. Just email the professor. Same thing that Ashley said. And I was like, I will. So I sat there to email. She was like, oh, Karen, my job, they're hiring. And I was like, oh, what job? She was like, oh, the pharmacy, farm script, the one that she works at. And I'm like, she was like, oh, uh, Sue's been applying to other people have been applying. Yeah. So um, why don't you? And I wanted, I was like, 
let me think about it and also talk to my brother, talk yeah. to the pastor about it, yeah. and then see what I'll it. see if I'll do it. But yeah. then immediately I was like, okay. I printed out my resume, gave it to her, applied right then and there, and then I, I sent the application and she said that she'll she'll have it for me. So I'm like, okay. So I remember the following week when I got back to Amazon, hmm. at this point we're done with the finals and everything. So by God's grace, my professor understood. I told her, because this, this wasn't the first time I missed class because of mandatory overtime. Yeah. Because how, the way I scheduled my school, my school schedule was like, I go to school from Monday through Thursday uh-huh. and then I start work Thursday to Saturday. So oh, it shouldn't okay. affect it my... It shouldn't affect, yes. yeah. But then because of the mandatory overtime on Tuesday... By force. It would, yes. Mm-hmm. So... She was. She understood, and she was like, "It's okay, you know, take the test on Thursday." And I was like, "Okay." So I was able to take the test, and by God's grace, I passed with with the A. Thank God. Amen. And mm-hmm. then, so so every everything's okay. And I remember the following weekend, I get to work, and I'm doing my my regular. Um, and you know, because I had surgery on my hand, so yeah. this is all I had surgery on my hand because of the heavy because lifting the, that maybe, I was yeah, doing. Yeah. So then that's why they put me in the indirect role to use computers and help everybody out. Mm-hmm. So I was doing that, I was doing that, and then the new manager, he was a new manager, he came in, he was like, oh, so last week you went, you were in the last, uh, you were in the lowest percent, you had the lowest percentage, so we have to put you on probation and then make you stow again, which was the hard job that I was doing. Mm. And I was like, Joe, you don't know me. His name was Joe. And I was like, Joe, you don't know me. You don't know the reason why they put me here. Mm -hmm. They put me here because I had surgery on my hand Uh because of all of this heavy lifting that I was doing, yeah, all that yeah. stuff. He was like, oh, there's nothing you can do about it. So <laughs> so they put me back for weeks. And then finally, thank God, there was even some kind of like favor at that point because there was this guy who would put me in a spot where nobody is around, but I'll be there. He'd give me small, small stuff. So I'm just wow. here and I'm just there. That my productivity was always uh-huh. so high. So I, I used to get mad. I'm like, look at, look at you people. You people know that I'm one of the best people here. <laughs> like, you guys know I'm uh-huh. one of the best workers. But... I don't know. So at that moment, so I remember when he told me that he was like, oh, just finish out this this quarter. And then after lunch, you go to Stowe. And I remember I just looked up and like there were tears in my eyes. And I was just like, God, is it time for me to leave? <laughs> Sign. Like, I was like, is it time for me to leave? And I just felt in my heart like it's okay. Like I, that's how I felt. Like I, mm-hmm. I felt in my heart that like, it's okay. So I went. Every day something will happen. I'll be upset. <laughs> but then I just felt it's like everything's, everything's going to be fine. Everything's going to be fine. So I remember one of the last days, my hand was hurting so much. Mm-hmm. One of my last days there, my hand was hurting so, so badly. So I called the manager over and I was like, you got to take me to the nursing place. Uh, it's yeah. called Amcare. Yeah. So he took me there and my hand was swollen. like mm. Because I had been working like yeah, five. Yeah, you're it. Right. Yeah. So my hand was swollen. So he was like, oh, you know, you could go home. Just go home. So I went home and I put in my hours. So I didn't come in the next week, whatever. Then I got a call from pharmacy. the pharmacy that <laughs> I got the job. Wow. So I'm like, okay, let me, let me, you know, be a little wise about here. Let me keep the Amazon, maybe uh-huh. do a leave, then go per- maybe time. part-time and then I'll work here and see how I, I fit in. Then... When I tried to talk to them about my hand thing, they were saying, oh, no, we're not going to pay you for the, the week that you took off because you were a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah, excuses. Excuses. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, God, I think it's time for me to leave. So mm-hmm. I put in my resignation 
and I left. But the thing is that I left and I was without a job for three weeks because mm. I hadn't. They 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 told me I got the job, yeah. But I was waiting for the papers to you start. Had to go through the process. Yes, yeah. they never sent it to me. So I'm over here calling Rosemont, like Rosemont, <laughs> you gotta hound these people. Like what is going on? Yeah. So I remember kneeling down in the kitchen and I was like, God, like. I know you told me it was time to leave. Mm-hmm. I know you gave me the go-ahead to leave. The green light. Yeah. The green light mm-hmm. to leave this job. But right now, I'm jobless. I have stuff to pay off. Mm. I don't have money in my savings account. I don't have money in my checking account. Like, like I'm like, God, please. And I'm like, God, if 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 I get this job and all goes well, I promise that whatever you ask me to do, I will do. He wants you to give me a million dollars. Get out of here. <laughs> so i was like whatever you want me to do i will do like and i was like and this this is the time that i want to be serious in giving i want to be serious with saving and paying off that my mango debt. juice two tomorrow i got you <laughs> i got you <laughs> and i'm like you know so so i remember kneeling down and i, I just I was like, whatever happens, I'm still thanking you. Even if I don't get the job, even though they said I got the job, they didn't give me the go ahead or whatever. But even if I don't get the job, it's okay. You know, that's that's pretty yeah. much what I was saying. God being so good, I got the job hmm. and it, it works for me. Hmm. I, I've never had a job that I loved so much wow. than this one. Love this job so much. They paid better. They pay better, yeah. The time wow. is better. Hmm. The benefits are greater. Hmm. That's and what God can do, increase. Increase. Girl. I told you about that. Girl. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying that hmm. I was never able to relinquish hmm. and surrender all to God. Like I, I would I would say, oh, I surrender my all to you in worship. I surrender my all to you in this. But when it came to like my finances hmm. or my job, I would never, I would never ask him or I'll never. And that's pretty much the point of the journey that God cares about every single thing that goes on in our life. Look at me now. I'm saving money. I'm paying off you. a bunch of my debt. Let me tell you something. In mm-hmm. 2016, before I started my new job, mm-hmm. I was working two jobs a week. Mm-hmm. I was doing two jobs. Mm-hmm. I was putting 56 hours mm-hmm. every week. Mm-hmm. Imagine 56 hours every week in yeah. both jobs. 40 hours in one, and I think the other one was about 12 hours or 14 hours or mm-hmm. something. Mm-hmm. It was a party. That's a lot. Now I'm working mm-hmm. 36 hours a week. Mm-hmm. You get more than the 56. I get more than the 56 hours Yo. a week that I was doing, girlfriend. Yo. Come on, man. <laughs> like, that was like four, that was Yo. like three, three and a half, almost four years mm-hmm. later. Mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. making way more mm-hmm. than I was making. Were, and that's the thing. And when I put in 56 hours, mm-hmm. it's like I'm almost making double. Look at that. Because plus the old, what? 56. Look at that. I'm almost. <laughs> that's a, see, that's, that's a, something that we all, Pastor yes. always says that hmm. instead of working harder, you got to work smarter. And I remember that was and the prayer that we prayed about. Yes. I remember one time we were in church and we were praying about something. And Pastor was like, we're going to pray that you work less, but make, make more money. More. And that's what happened. Look Let me, me tell you, man. <laughs> My testimony is even been done. Can you see that? If the way this thing happened in January, look, then Corona thing happened in March. And we started working from home. What if I was still at Amazon? Hmm. You see that? You see, God knows them that are his. And he, he knows. And the thing <laughs> is that because he's the alpha and omega, he knows the beginning yeah. and the end. And the end from the beginning and everything yep. in between. He knows. He knows what's ahead of so us. I, like, I, I, I was talking to my mom. Man, the funny thing is that when I was about to get the job, my mom was like, oh, Karen, you know, you've been at Amazon for almost two years. Why don't you just, you know. And I'm like, ma, 
I felt led to take this job, to leave Amazon and take this job. So I'm going to do it. So the other day I was talking to him and I'm like, mommy, look, oh, mommy, look, oh, <laughs> you, see you see God, you see our God, this God, he don't and he, fail. he haven't even started yet. Yeah. That's the thing. That, see? Sometimes there's there, there that I sit there and I was like, ah. Yeah, he hasn't even started yet. Mm-hmm. It is small, this thing. So yeah. him is small. Me and oh. eyes, it look big. About God, you are too much. He's so much. It's He's so much. much. I just, just praise him, man. Yeah, just, that is good. That is good. good. So we're wrapping up, even though I, I pretty much kind of took over Katie's show. It's okay. It's, okay. it's, it's God. You know, he's, he's leading. He's the one leading. Yes, yes, He's yes. the one leading. Yeah. You know, so that's what he does. Yeah. I, think, I think the moral that I took from this is that God knows them that are his, as Mm -hmm. we've been saying all throughout the show. He knows them that are his. And no matter how far you think you may be, if you are, if you belong to Christ, he will pull you. He will pull you and draw him close to himself. So that's pretty much the moral of, of everything we've said of Katie's story and even my short testimony that I was sharing Mm -hmm. and even the short testimony you were sharing about your job that God looks out for us. And when we just surrender and put our trust in him, he proves himself faithful. He proves that he's strong in our weakness and that his strength is always perfect in our shortcomings. So if you, after hearing this, if you are you have come to terms with the decision that you want to give your life to Christ, I want you to to say this prayer after me and Katie, okay? So say, Dear Lord Jesus. Dear Lord Jesus. I thank you. I thank you. For this opportunity. For this opportunity. To hear of your love and grace. So hear of your love and grace. I believe that I am a sinner. I believe that I am a sinner. In need of salvation. In need of salvation. I believe that you're Jesus, the Son of God. I believe that you're Jesus, the Son of God. And that you died and rose again for my sins. And that you died again. And rose again for my sins. And that one day you're going to come back. And that one day you're going to come back. Again in your glory. Again in your glory. Today, Lord, I accept you. Today, Lord, I accept you. As my Lord and personal Savior. As my Lord and personal Savior. Come and live in my heart. Come and live in my heart. And help me to live. And help me to live. According to your will. According to your will. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So if you've prayed this prayer, I want you to reach out to us at at the journey underscore podcast or on our Facebook page, the the journey podcast, the journey podcast with Karen Sion. Reach out to us, send us an email at tjpodcast2020 at gmail.com and let us know if you prayed this prayer. Let us know if you made the life-changing, life-altering decision of following Christ and we will give you further details. The next steps are to find a Bible-believing church, even though in these times we're not meeting, we're not fellowshipping together together, but find um, some sort of fellowship that you can involve yourself in because the Bible tells us not to forsake the gathering of the brethren, not just together physically, but together virtually, virtually. you know, in, the, yeah. in these times. And then also, guys, the best thing also to do to get closer to God, pray every single day, pray every single day and just talk to God, constantly communicate with him, yes. open the Bible and meditate, read and meditate on the word of God, because that's the only way that we're able to please God. The only way we're able to please God is by knowing him and knowing his word, because that's that's who he is. Yes. So that's that's the, the next step after you've taken this 
bold step in this new journey that you're about to take, okay? So thank you guys so much for listening to the Journey Podcast with your host, Karen Sion, and our guest, Katie Mansouray. God bless you, Katie. I really, really appreciate you coming on and indulging us and in, in accepting <laughs> our invitation to come onto the show to thank share you. your, your life God. story. Amen. 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 God. If you liked this episode and want to know more, please check out our Instagram page at the Journey underscore podcast. Check out our Facebook page as well, the Journey Podcast with Karen Sion. Like, rate, review, subscribe, follow, favorite us on all the streaming platforms. Join us next week when we... I'm actually not going to announce it, actually. You guys have to wait for the teaser. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so remember, the fastest runner doesn't always win the race. The strongest warrior doesn't always win the battle. The wise sometimes go hungry and the skillful are not necessarily wealthy. The educated don't always lead successful lives. It's all decided by God through times and seasons. I love you all. God bless you all. Stay safe, guys, and have a wonderful, wonderful week. This is called the journey.